from the city of brotherly love. This is Shark Bite Biz with David Strausser. You just read to the newest episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your rock star wannabe host, David Strausser. This is your place to learn how to grow a business during complete global chaos. Today, it's all about email. First, though, remember, please download the Shark Bite Biz app on Android at the Google Play Store. That's where you can find every single episode of the show, the live stream, the audio episodes, the video episodes, snippets, uh, shorts. Everything is right there within the app. All you got to do is go to the Google Play Store, search Shark Bite Biz, easy download, give us a five-star rating. But if you really want to help us out, please share us out to your friends, family, network, anywhere you can out there in social media. We only grow by people like you sharing the word as always make sure you like subscribe and comment now let's get back to today's show email is back in fashion all you sales reps out there know that making contact with people right now and reaching prospects in today's mostly decentralized world is harder than ever and that's what today's guest got one simple philosophy that will help you change your biz dev pipeline so who do we have today none other than luke charlton also known as the aussie hermit in 2013 luke charlton aka the aussie hermit decided to quit his comfortable six-figure year government job move halfway around the world and start an online business as a coach thinking he knew enough about marketing to survive in one of the most expensive cities in the world, London, obviously. He quickly realized that this online thing wasn't as easy as it looked. Through years of trial and error, struggling, and nearly going bankrupt, Luke finally discovered the formula for online success and is now helping over 4,000 coaches grow their business online. So, hey, without further delay, let's bring the Aussie Hermit, Luke, right on in here. Reach your customer. Luke, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became Shark Bait. <laughs> Thanks, David. Pleasure to be here. No, oh, no problem. I didn't tell you about that, though, when I said I was going to give you an intro to the show, did I? You did not. You did not. <laughs> <laughs> all good. All good. So, hey, thank you so much for coming on. Honored to have you on the show as you're known as the Aussie Hermit. Um, interestingly, we've had a lot of guests from uh, Australia as of late. So, I, I think our show is actually starting to get some pretty decent traction down there because I keep getting all you Aussies and maybe it's just because of the sharks and you guys got a lot of sharks down there. We do like, yeah, I, um, so I live near the beach and, um, I actually don't go, I don't go into water that much. I don't, don't like to stand. I'm a hermit, right? I like to stay inside. Um, but that's one of the things that's always on my mind because where I am, um, kind of in the near Brisbane, which is the waters are quite warm up here. And the sharks like to uh, <laughs> like to swim around this um, this area of, of Australia. So something that um, always makes makes me want to go in the water less. I'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah. No, I get you. It's funny because the previous guest, uh, well, one of the previous guests that we had on from Australia, Gabrielle Dolid, who wrote the book Magnetic Stories and was an amazing guest. She was telling us about how sometimes she'd be doing. Uh, you know, like a, a Zoom meeting or whatever, and she might be by her window, and all of a sudden you have like two kangaroos fighting in the background, and they're like, "Is that is that like 
like real and she's like oh yeah yeah that's real they're fighting <laughs> it's funny like where i where i'm from is actually i moved here in the beginning of the year but i am from canberra which is the capital of australia and in canberra there are kangaroos like everywhere um you'll see them like 20 of them just lying on the on the golf course or whatever or just you know sitting they're just everywhere in fact they're such a they're they're considered a pest right because um, there's just so many of them. They jump in front of cars. Like people have a lot of accidents hitting them early in the morning. Well, that's kind of how it is with deers up here. Yeah, exactly right. It's exactly the same as deer. What you guys have to do. Um, but where I am, where it's warmer, which I didn't realize till I moved here, there's hardly any around here. We've got other other wildlife up here, um, but yeah, I have not seen one kangaroo. Whereas in the colder climate, it's they're everywhere. I don't know if it's an American thing or what, but uh, Americans love kangaroos for some reason. So whenever we get a, an Australian, somehow, some way, I usually end up or the guest talks about it. So it's just one of those Australian things. But anyways, before we go any further, we have a tradition on the show. Okay, the very first solid question that I ask everybody is, what's your background? What's your experience? What do you do for a living? How'd you start doing it? Basically, in a nutshell, tell us what makes Luke, Luke. Okay, I'm not sure how much detail you want me to go into this, but just I'll give you the quick overview. And then you just go and I'll stop you when it's too long. And then <laughs> I'll give you the quick overview and then you can dive into whatever area. So, um. As I said, I'm, I'm from Canberra. Uh, I lived there most of my life until I moved here. I also have actually lived in the US, by the way. I went to university there in, in North Carolina in Wilmington. Yeah, so I, I went to university, went into a nine to five life, really hated it. I actually worked for the government because uh, everyone in Canberra works for the government. It's kind of like Washington, D.C. I saw that. And in your bio, it said that you had a nice six figure uh, salary. Was that with the government? That that for most people must be pretty hard to to give up. I I'd assume. Yeah, it's a diet. Hate I just hated what I what I did. In fact, like because it was a nine to five job. Well, it wasn't that I didn't actually didn't mind the nine to five. I, I like the I like routine, right? So I I didn't mind that part. What I found with these nine to five jobs is like the first six months would be really good, um, because that's the bit where you're growing, right? You're growing and learning, and then after six months. It would just be like the same thing every single day. And I had to go through a few jobs to realize that's what was going on, right? That was the pattern. So in the, in the third job, I'm like, this job sucks again. Why is that? Oh, I'm not learning anymore. I'm not growing. And the only way you can move up in the public service like, is if someone dies or if they retire. And I'm, I'm like, I'm being serious. like, Because once you get a government job, people just stay in there for years. So it's very hard to kind of... That's kind of like we have in the US too. I mean, everybody talks about uh, well the conspiracy people will say the deep state but there is a perma government especially within the states and federal governments of people who just really serve their lifetime regardless of who the president is or who congress is you know it's really only the top executive positions that change with the administrations and most people below them are the perma government yeah yeah exactly right exactly right so um See, I, 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 towards the end of my time in, in the final job, um, I was, it got so bad where I would like, a, I just hated it so much. We're like, no joke, probably every hour I would, I'd have to like take a break from my job and just go for a walk, like a five to 10 minute walk around the building and then go back to my desk and do another hour of work and then stop. And it just, it felt like a, the way that I described is like a, like a straight jacket on your soul. Right. I just felt like really constrained. And so I, obviously from that, I realized, you know, I'm, I I attributed to that I'm not 
cut out for nine to five, but looking back, I realized, no, it was more that there was just no growth. And so um, that kind of led me, that pain led me to like, okay, what can I do? Just all the certain different things. And um, at that time I was, uh, I became a certified personal trainer. So I did some personal training and then I also kind of did more research and discovered coaching, life coaching. And I thought, you know, why don't I become like a health coach, right? Cause I know personal training. I really, really enjoy that. Um, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to move to London because my, my, um, my family's from there. So I've got my UK passport. So I just wanted to get out and do something different. So I moved to London and I'll start my, my health coaching business there. And, um, so for that next 12 months, it was like just more pain because I, I thought, you know, building a business would be, <laughs> be, um, you know, I thought, you know, if you move to London, this is like my thinking, right? Cause there's more people in London. That's going to be easier to get clients. And, um, if anyone's who's marketed a business know that it's not, it's not just as straightforward as going to a place where there's more, more people in, in, in a city. You actually have to kind of have a- Especially, especially nowadays, because I mean, really with COVID, um, you know, the, and this word is probably so worn out and I'm culpable of using it uh, almost every episode too, is digital transformation. But with that, it really opened up a lot of areas, whether it's coaching or whatever, to be in global marketplaces. I've talked to many coaches that are like, um, you know, they may be out of LA and they used to be like, yeah, I used to be exclusively in LA and it would suck because with traffic, maybe I drive 90 minutes for a one hour session. And then I got to drive another two hours for another one hour session. And it just took so much time. But once COVID hit and I had to do everything remote, guess what? I'm working pretty much seven or eight hours straight, billing more clients a day than I was before doing it digitally. And we're getting the same results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were also opened up their marketplace instead of just doing LA because of doing everything through Zoom or Teams or whatever they're using. Now they're getting clients in Australia and the UK and India, you know, any country that has, you know, that that works with US businesses usually, no matter what country they were in they were now a target market for these coaches. Right. And that's just kind of good and bad things to that because now, now you've got more competition. So my, my coaching was, was always on online. This is back in 2013. That was still like, I, we used to do it in, on Skype back then. Oh yeah. Skype. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> um, they kind of dropped the ball, right? They could have been the ones that were Zoom, but. Well, I mean, it's technically teams now. I mean, if you look, uh, the video calling in teams is actual tech, uh, it was based off Skype technology. So it innovated, but they did drop the ball. They they were ahead of the competition. The Zoom should not exist. It should have been teams. They just did not, where they lost it is they could not figure out how to do meeting invites. You know, that's where I think they missed it. That's where they got it wrong. If they would have came out with meeting invites in 2014, like for example, to do this podcast, I have a room invite that's sent out and it's for uh, each meeting and everybody has the same link that's been on the show and the person clicks it for their time. They come in. I don't have to get a personalized link each time. That one simple change and just updating some of the aesthetics, the recording quality, stuff like that. I think Skype would probably be number one easily today. Yeah, definitely. I think so too. Um, so where what I was doing is I was um, in London um, kind of like what you're mentioning about coaches going from like, you know, client to client driving across town while well, I was kind of doing that, but on foot, but I was, that was for my marketing. Right. So I would be 
networking like five nights per week because that's how many, like so many networking events in London. You could just go to as many as you want. So I was just networking almost every day. Um, had my own, had my own podcast. Um, I had my own, it was Google Hangouts back then, now YouTube Live, but I had like my Google Hangout show. I was doing webinars, workshops. Um, I, I don't know, I think I counted like 17 marketing strategies that I did in that first year. And, and from all that, I got one client and that didn't even come from any of the marketing that I was doing. It actually came from a, another program that I invested in a speaker pro program where I just met this other coach and helped him with his copy. So that first 12 months after I quit my job was a disaster basically. And I had to come back to Australia because I ran out of money. My family wouldn't lend me any more money. So I came back and lived with my nan. She was the only one that let me live with her rent free. Hey, I've been there. You know, I, I, I went through a rough patch during the great recession and you know, after living in Mexico for so many years and then some California, I ended up having to move home. Now, luckily, I found the break. As soon as I did get there, I was able to save up 25 grand in six months. And that's when I moved to Peru and then eventually back to Mexico and got back on my path. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think many people can relate, especially people that are probably, um, you know, uh, I assume you kind of look like we're around the same age, at least probably plus minus five years in that range. But, um, you know, in this age where, I mean, we got hit hard in the U S with the great recession. I'm sure you probably did too. And that's where it happened with me to where I had to go back with the tail between my legs. Didn't even have money to buy Christmas gifts for my son that year. My brother who passed away actually bought him all his, uh, Christmas gifts. And it's one of the, the greatest things that he ever did for me because it was it was that bad when I first moved back. Like it was broker than broke. So I had to sell everything we could to get our family out back to my home because we just couldn't find like work, couldn't find the job, at least a job that would allow us to have even just a house, a roof above our head. And then not even talking about the expenses of the house or, uh, you know, food. It, it was, it was a very, very rough time. And Every time I think about life, I always circle back to that moment. And I'm probably sure you do too uh, when you had to move into your nan's house because that that's like the lowest point ever in my life. I had many low points. That was by far the lowest point. And every day since I picked myself back up and rebuilt my life, I have promised myself, I, I strive to never put myself in that position ever again. I mean, it's certainly a low point, like, you know, coming back, <clears throat> you know, with your, as you said, with the towel between your legs, um, especially when like people, you know, in your family don't believe in you. But the other side of the coin is for me, it wasn't as bad as being in a job that I hated. <laughs> you know, I was actually much happier, even though I was kind of had no money. Actually, I didn't have no, I had like negative money. I was actually in a lot of debt. Um, but for me, you know, it was, it was okay because I was just doing something that I really enjoyed. And I knew that if I just kept moving forward, um, it, you know, it eventually come together. And also I, my thinking was, what else am I going to do? Because this is what I really, you know, this is, it, it was like never in my mind to, to quit either. Like I, I loved, what I love about growing a business is that every day, like literally every day you're learning and growing, like you have to, otherwise, you know, if you're not learning and growing, then you're, your business can't grow because your business is like an extension of, of you. Right. So I, that's what I love. I mean, there's with business, it's very stressful and that's where the growth comes from. There's challenges every day, 
Um, so I run ads for clients. Um, and when you're running paid advertising and spending, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on advertising with that comes a lot of challenges. And that's obviously why the, the clients are paying me because I overcome those challenges for them. So, so my question for you, and maybe I just, uh, uh, missed this, but how did you exactly make that pivot then into doing that paid advertising? Yeah, good question. So basically when I came from, back from London, <clears throat> I got a side job in a bar and um, that kind of gave me a chance to go like, okay, what I'm doing is not working. And what I was doing in London is I was chasing all of these, you know, bright, shiny objects, right? I was jumping from marketing strategy to marketing strategy. And I'm like, you know what? I'm back here in Australia. Let's just take a couple of steps back and let's, instead of chasing all the new stuff, the bright, shiny objects, let me look at what, what are the kind of the fundamentals? Like what were the successful people doing before the internet even? And so I started studying copywriters, old school copywriters, old school marketers, people like Gene Schwartz. Um, uh, what's, um, there's like Joe, uh, Gene Schwartz, Joe Sugarman, Gary Halbert, just yeah, a few other amazing copywriters. And um, I started to learn about like the fundamentals of marketing, the fundamentals of, of sales. Have you ever read by chance Jeffrey Gittimer? I've uh, talked about him a lot. He's got like the Little Red Book of Selling. He has another book called The Sales Bible. Uh, you probably have seen it around, but it's an old school sales book. Um, if not, I mean, that's something I highly suggest because uh, I was just arguing with a, a, a sales guru that is very respected, but he, he, he's kind of like, no, those philosophies from 20 years ago don't work in 2022. And I'm like, yes, they do. Do the core message does if you convolt it in a way that applies to 2022 economics. Some of those some of those foundations, like if you if you take what was said back then, but then you convert it into today's marketplace and how it applies for today, I believe that it absolutely does work. Now that's just our differences of opinion. We're both biz dev experts. I agree one thing, he agrees one thing. What's right for me isn't necessarily right for him or his clientele. So, you know, it's one of those agree to disagree type things, but uh, I do understand his point as well, too. You know, you've always got to be innovating. So I find it interesting that you say that. For me, it's like, are you getting results, right? You guys can both argue, but if you're closing, you know. And he's closing. That's what I mean. And he's closing. You're both getting results. I mean, you're both right at the end of the day. It doesn't really matter because there's lots of different, there's lots of different um, sales methodologies, um, but most you know, they're, they're all based on the fundamentals, right? It's like those core, those core principles, um, as you were just saying. Uh, so where, where was I with this, with the story? Oh, yes. Yeah, so I started studying like the copywriting copywriters. And, um, one of the things that I knew that I wanted to learn because I'd been doing all of these organic strategies, right? So like pounding the pavement, I was even doing cold calling at one stage and I just didn't. Hey, I, I, I did that too. When I first started with ERP with Vision 33, I mean, I literally started, um, you know, I was just talking with our pre-sales agent, um, who's one of the best in the world, pre-sales solution architect that does the demos and stuff like that and gets a solution stack for us. And he's like, David, when you first started seven years ago, I knew that you were different when we showed up on site together for the very first demo. And I had no idea what to expect with you. And I was like, Oh, David, you're already here. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, Oh, how long have you been here for? And I'm like, Oh, I've been here for about 90 minutes, man. I saw that this was a business park. So I was just knocking on doors, handing out business cards. 
And he's like, from that moment, I knew you were different because nobody has ever did that with Vision 33. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. But I feel you. I, I can relate to what you're saying and that strife and that desire. And I didn't get much added of it in the beginning either. I mean, it wasn't like I hit the lottery with it. So I, I, I really relate to your struggle. I was just kind of knocking restaurant doors in London, like just... I wasn't even so with cold calling, <laughs> what I've learned now, didn't know back then, is you really want to cu curate the leads. So make sure the people that you're like cold calling are interested in like the product that you are selling, are selling. You know, just wanted to just cold call random people. So anyway, um, so I was doing, I was doing lots of things. And one of the, I didn't want to do all the, the organic strategies anymore. I knew that I wanted to um, do paid advertising. So I bought this guy's um, Facebook course. And uh, in his Facebook group for that course, he put out a, a, um, like a post saying he was hiring for his ad agency. And I thought, oh, that'd be pretty cool to, to learn how to run ads from him. Um, and he pays me, right? Because I'm working for him. So I get, get to actually learn and he pays me for the, for the privilege. So I applied and out of 50 people, I got the gig. And um, mm -hmm. I literally went from spending like $20 a day on my own ads to like $100,000 a month, like, like literally overnight. And I was just put into the client campaigns and it was kind of like baptism by fire. And um, so I started working with really successful business owners right from the get-go, implementing his his frameworks and strategies. And I ended up working for him for a couple of years and then I went out on my own and that was back in 2017. So I've been running. So you're interesting. You're one of the few people that have come on the show to admit that you've had like professional coaching with people that sell courses. Yeah. I think it's the best one the best way. Like I would recommend, like if you're starting out and you're wanting to, would you prefer that over just reading books and self-study or listening to books? Oh, it's, Oh, like I still do that. Like I still read books all the time. Actually, I've got a bunch on my desk, but if you can afford a course and you have the right person, you think the courses are worth it then? Yeah. If you, yeah. But a mentor is definitely absolutely you want a mentor. Now for me, the best way to get a mentor is go work for the mentor. They pay you for the privilege, right? As opposed to like, so my mentor, the guy that I worked for, his name's Jason. He's still, I still actually pay him. I still actually get coached by him because he's um, still provides value to me after all these years. Um, uh, so, but what happened was I started working for Jason, right? And he started paying me my my wage whereas there were other people going to jason and paying him like you know 70 50 to seventy thousand dollars a year to learn from him whereas i'm working with jason every single day and he's paying me so i say like if you're just starting out one of the best ways to um get experience like you know a lot of experience very quickly and to learn from someone you know that's done it is to go work for them you don't have to do it full time do a side gig like a few hours per day and um learn from them and then go out on your own and and the other cool thing about doing that is you'll meet a lot of high level people um and then they will know you and when you go out on your own you'll have kind of clients there and then and then they will refer it's just i, I think it's just an amazing way to to kind of start at the beginning that sounds great so we've established you have your your ad business how you kind of got into that the mentoring all that stuff let's talk a little bit about where your business is now what do you specialize in how do you find your clients how has covid changed your business how how, how do you continue to find growth in a highly competitive marketplace that you're in? Good question. So I, um, I'm a marketer. So for me to 
it, uh, it's pretty straightforward for me. I, I know I know how to stand out, you know, as as a marketer. So it's not a big deal. And also, COVID <laughs> didn't change my business at all. And I'm the Aussie home, and I, I work from a computer. But what about like right now, for example? Um, my understanding from talking with the recent Australians in the show to that uh, inflation recession uh, concerns, I believe you have a little bit down there in Australia. I don't know the severity of it or where it stands right now because it's been a month or so since we talked with them. Every country has a every country who runs has a fiat currency, which is basically every every country in the world has a concern right now. So okay, okay. So like for example, my podcast it's monetized on YouTube. Okay, and you can see as inflation's gone up. As um, as inflation's gone up, as the recession worries have set in, as we've had two negative quarters of growth in the U.S., um, you can see the ad revenue is plummeted. And usually ad revenue marketing, I don't know why. I think companies are so stupid. One of the first budgets they usually slash is marketing. And it's like, why? If it's harder to sell, if it's a, you know, like you should be investing more. That's why I'm doing this. Like my... My ad costs at the moment are like, I'm getting leads for like half of what they were like a year ago. And so I'm just like this, right? Because my my cost. So what I think is about to happen over the next six months is we're going to go into some type of gigantic collapse. It's going to be a huge, if not in the next few weeks. Um, I mean, you look at what came out today. A gigantic collapse in terms of marketing revenue or in terms of economic uh, recession? All the fiat currencies are collapsing, right? It doesn't really look like that at the moment because... The US dollar is so strong, but it's it's kind of like the it's you know the the least dirty shirt in the laundry pile or whatever you whatever you call it. Um, so relative to all the other other currencies, it's 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 collapsing as well. Um, anyway, um, and so what's going to happen, as you just said, is and it's happening already, is that companies for whatever reason they they spend less on the thing that makes them money, and so my ad costs have gone down. And it's the best time to start advertising when no one else is advertising because you've got like no competition. So, um, so now is the time to advertise. And then when there's yeah, companies are slashing budgets, and it's like okay, if all the companies are doing it, and you know all your competitors are. Why aren't you doubling your marketing budget then? Because you can get double the exposure. Yeah, that's what that's my point. So when everyone's cutting their budget, I'm going to be that's a, the, the, a good principle for getting rich, right? When and what does it Warren Buffett say? Is like when you know, when everyone's um, kind of invested, yeah, when everyone's happy and exuberant in the market, that's when you want to be fearful. When everyone's fearful, that's when you want to start buying, right? So the way to be successful is just kind of just do the opposite of what everyone else is doing. And this is exactly the same thing. So when everyone's cutting. That's how I've made my career. So we are exactly aligned. I mean, I do things very different than what a lot of people do traditionally. And I've kind of, you know, cut my teeth doing it that way. And it's worked very successfully for me throughout my career. It doesn't mean it will work for everybody like that, but I just have that type of personality that I'm able to kind of do things differently and get away with it. Where someone else, they might not have that personality to do it. You got to do what works for you ultimately. That works for me, going against the grain. Yeah, it works most, pretty much every time. <laughs> Unless I'm shaving. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I'm just going to double down on the budget once. I mean, I'm doing it already, but even more so when, you know, the economy is not getting better. So it's just um, when everyone's pulling back, I'm going to be spending, spending even more. And, and if, you know, you're listening to this and you're running ads, that's, that's, um, you know, might be something that you want to want to think about. Okay. So I got two, two questions for you that really popped out to me on your bio that I want to ask before we wrap up is, uh, the first one is 
you know, how to use content conversion events to 10 times your email sales. Okay. Everybody's always a, who was it? I, I think I first heard 10 times everything like Grant Cardone or something like that. And it sounds so cliche with the 10 times, but, um, you know, explain it to us. Let us know, like, is it real or is that just cliche? Type. No, no, it is real. So basically the, the way it works, and this is kind of getting into um, e email type stuff. So um, so when I'll give you some context, right? So I have kind of two sides to my business. I've got the agency where I run ads for people. And then I've got coaching where I will coach other experts or other service professionals, generally they're other coaches, um, how to get clients with advertising. Okay. Now the way that I show them how to do that is, Again, because of my story, I'm, I'm, you know, funnels are great and all the complex strategies, but I say, look, in the beginning, you want to keep things really simple, build your list with quality leads, and then just send email follow up, right? Send regular emails with a great offer. Just start there. And, and then you can get to the complex stuff later after you've got consistent clients. So that's, that's all you need to get clients is just quality leads on your list, send regular, regular emails with a great offer. Okay. So that's like the beginning. That's like the foundation of your business. So now you have that context. What are content conversion events? Well, once you're consistently building your list and you are sending regular emails, you can get much more out of your list by sending them more offers, right? So basically think of it like that, you know, the more offers you put in front of your market, the more money you're going to make. We, we do something like a nurture list. Okay. And that's where maybe we have a customer that Yes, they technically are a fit, but let's just say they're a $2 million company and we can sell a $2 million a year revenue company, but maybe it would be easier financially for them once they hit that $5 million a year revenue mark 18 months from now, two years from now, whatever it is. So we put them on a nurture list and send them infrequent e you know, email reminders like, hey, what our solution is, how to help you grow, how to automate your business, stuff like that. That is that kind of what you're talking about, or is this something different? Yeah, so it's follow up. It's you know because most people are not ready to buy. To, the, the reason why, so email marketing, email is the most profitable marketing um, medium still today. Even with all the bots and SMS and all that, email is still number one because it's the main follow up strategy, right? There's, um, uh, you know, because most people are not ready to buy today in your market, but they will be one day. It could be in seven days. It could be in 14 days. It could be in three months, could be in three years. And so in order for them to be, for you to be top of mind when they're ready to buy, you want to send regular follow-up. Again, the best way to do that is with email. That's why I say, look, you want to have an email list. That's the foundation of, of your business. So it's just sending regular communications via email. So that's like the, the baseline. And as I said, like, if you want to, make get more out of your email list so convert more of your email subscribers into buyers or clients um you want to put more offers in front of them okay but you want to do that in a way where <clears throat> obviously it doesn't kind of burn out the list where you don't you don't just like send an email that says are you ready to buy or like you know here's an offer here's an offer like you know when you're on an e-commerce list you get that all the time like we've got a sale we've got a sale it's like you know, it's, it's not valuable at all. It's just like, they're just going to you to, to pitch basically. So I got company. I wear a lot of bracelets as my fans know, because, uh, you know, rockstar wannabe host David Strasser here, but the company is called got strong. They've been on my show. I've supported them ever since they launched because the original bracelets before they came out with the beaded ones are made out of the used guitar strings from their concerts they are actually a real band. And I was like, holy cow, I mean, beautiful, beautiful jewelry. And then they started making more, 
masculine ones that are the ones that I'm buying now. And they've been on the show. We're good friends. They told their story. I get constant emails from them, but their constant emails are actually like, Hey, uh, it's the occasional sale. Like maybe we have 20% off. I mean, I, I have my own discount, so I don't even need those emails, but, um, with them, it's usually, Hey, we got new bracelets, like check out these new uh, designs. Or for example, um, they just had, uh, who was it? It was, it was a super famous, uh, singer of a female band that came out with her own line made out from her own guitar strings too, of her set of jewelry that came out like, Hey, we got this limited edition and they send pretty much weekly to sometimes biweekly emails, but it's for these new product launches. Is that too much? Is that the right way? Is that the wrong way from them? They say it's working because it's growing their business by so much. Well, okay. So this is where we can get into specific. Um, so the content conversion events, which I can come back to if you want, but what you're going into now is something slightly different, um, which is like the, just the email strategy. Um, so I actually teach the email every day. So that's my system. <laughs> I didn't want to get into that because you asked about their content conversion events, but. Oh, no problem. Well, I was, this kind of mixes into the second question I was going to ask you about sending them one email every day. So yeah, what I recommend, and this is where I get a lot of pushback and people are like, oh my gosh, an email every day. Yes, fair enough. If you were to send an email every single day, the way that you probably typically do or the way that you're, um, you know, you, you've experienced from other gurus, or other, um, e-commerce stores that don't add value. Absolutely. Like you don't want to send those every day because you're just going to burn out your list or you're going to get a lot of unsubscribes. Now, the way that I teach to send email is probably a little bit different than what most people are used to. Um, and this is something that I discovered back, like when I came back from London, cause I, I wanted to just focus on the fundamentals. Um, um, and what I wanted to do was just, okay, I'm not going to do any, any of the fancy stuff. I just want to build my list and email my list. That's what I wanted to focus on. That's what I, this decision I made. I just wanted something simple. And um, and so I started to learn what worked and what didn't with email. So I'd do a lot of testing and tweaking. And and one of the things I noticed is that, you know, people would read my emails for a couple of weeks and I'd be spending like an hour or two on an email, sending lots of great content. But after a couple of weeks, people kind of tuned out. And I'm like, I'm spending, I'm like sending them really great content, but why aren't they, why are they tuning out? Um, and yet they're spending, um, you know, hours a day on YouTube, on, you know, social media, on, you know, on their phones. So what, what are these platforms doing that I'm not? And obviously their, their content is entertaining, right? So you've got the Kardashians and cat videos and stuff. And so obviously the conclusion that I made was, okay, if I want to get people to read my emails in this day and age, they've got to start with it. Something that's entertaining. I've got to lead with entertainment before I get into the, into the teaching, into the value. So, um, so I started doing that, taking a more entertainment focused approach and all of a sudden, you know, my open rate started going up and people actually started, you know, started getting more appointments and, and more sales from my emails. And then I started sending more emails because people were really enjoying them. I was getting a little good feedback and I started getting more appointments, right? So I send an email every single day now because number one, people love my emails. Again, these are marketing emails that have a pitch in every single one. Um, you know, they add to the entertaining, they, they add value. And I send an email every day because the more of these emails that I send, the, the, the more money I make. So if people love them and I make more money when I send them, why wouldn't you send it, you know, every single day? And that's what I teach in my, in my coaching program to send an email every day. And, and if you, um, if you jump on my email list, you'll see that the emails are actually, you know, 
quite entertaining. And again, these are, these are marketing emails. So that's, that's what I teach is how to send an email every day that your prospects love to read and they actually buy from. Now that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, uh, you kind of gave me an answer to the question that I asked, because I mean, while they're not entertaining per se, because of the fact that I'm so big into music, Lizzie Hale, I believe was the artist, by the way, uh, with strung, but, uh, since I'm so into music, uh, I mean, I got 10, 15 guitars, stuff like that. Um, you know, so diehard into music and that's why I love their brand so much to me, seeing their new bracelet designs and stuff like that. I find that entertaining. And I'm sure if you're a diehard music fan like me in the rocker world, guitar collectioner, and you have guitar or bass string jewelry that they're making, you probably find that entertaining, not entertaining, like a joke, entertaining, but entertaining, like uh, almost like guitar porn would be. Look, when I go over reverb.com, looking at guitars, you know, of all the things that I've got to tell my wife, I've won in a, in a raffle. Um, so let's circle back then. Now that we jumped into the, the sending the emails, even just the one a day email, let's circle back to wrap up right here real quick with the content conversion vents. Cause I think that kind of closes the loop. Does it not now? Cause we started talking about it. We jumped to the other topic. Now we're going back and we close the loop. And now you kind of know the strategy. The, the, so this is what I teach you on program. Like do that first, just send a regular email with a really great offer and that will get you appointments. Now, what the content conversions are is like taking that strategy of the daily email to the next level, right? Because as I said, more offers you put in front of your prospects, the, the more um, the more money you'll make. So you're already, you're already sending an email per day. Well, how can we get more offers in front of them? Well, that's what that's what content conversion events are, right? So what that is is you're using content, you're leading with content. Again, you can still use the same leading with entertaining entertainment focused content um or valuable just valuable could be teaching content i'll, I'll get into the specifics in a second and then at the end of each of those bits of content you pitch your whatever it is your service or your product so the con by leading with content which is valuable people love content it gives you an excuse to pitch more okay so they get something really valuable out of it and for those people that are ready for the next level next step you know your service your product they, those people can take the call to action at the end. So an example would be, um, okay, so with your email list, you might do a, a month, of, uh, a once a month workshop, right? You do a, and I did this for my email list, right? It's like the same workshop every single month and it, and it teaches the daily email strategy, right? So that's a content conversion event. Another one might be, um, hey, I'm doing a Facebook Live today, you know, come jump on, right? So that's in addition to your regular daily email. So that's another content conversion, right? Hey, I've just, so I have a podcast, right? A daily email, a daily podcast as well with a, with a call to action at the end, right? So that, that podcast gives me another opportunity to put an offer in front. So you can layer all of these extra bits of content. You don't have to do everything I just mentioned. <clears throat> and I certainly didn't do it all in the beginning because that's a good way to overwhelm yourself. But like once you get into the, to start the daily emails, okay, I've got the habit of that. What can I add next? A good one is a monthly workshop. Get that converting. And then add in, maybe you start doing a, a podcast, right? Maybe you put in a Facebook group, right? So I've got a, uh, yeah, so I've got exactly right. So I've got a, um, 
a Facebook group. I've got uh, the monthly workshop. I've got um, this podcast. I've got my daily emails. Is your Facebook group, uh, is that free, open to anybody, or is that a paid group? Yeah, yeah. So it's just, if you just go to the, <laughs> if you just go to the hermithole.com, you'll be able to, it'll just redirect you to the Facebook group. Okay, okay. I will definitely, uh, I'll be joining that today, man, because I'm telling you, some of what you've talked to me, I've, we've had a lot of people like you on the show and the marketing sphere, and I like your take. I mean, to me, it's fresh. It's genuine. Uh, you come across very authentic and uh, very warm. And I think people that are listening and watching this on YouTube, they're going to get that same vibe. So I am sure you're going to get a jump once this episode airs. Cool. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, that's that's nice to hear. Thanks, David. Yeah. Yeah. So to wrap up, uh, Let's talk a uh, real first about the uh, your podcast. You mentioned it is that's the fifteen minute client. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So that's fifteen minute. I'm actually launching another one soon. Which when this episode airs, um, it will probably be out. It's called um, Six Figure Coaches with Luke Charlton. It's going to be interview style like this. So that's another another bit of content. <laughs> another bit of content. Well, I am uh, self inviting myself on your show. So uh, send me a booking link. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, one. If you ever want this episode. So two air that is, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, send us a link. So we'll have it down in the description, but as far as your ad agency, as far as you yourself, how can people digitally stalk you online? I, I appreciate that. Yeah. The best thing to do, like if, um, so I have a free download called the, um, the nine email offers that get clients for free. So it's just like a free guide that goes through these nine email offers. So if, if you just go to nine email that's the number nine emailoffers.com um, that will take you to the opt-in and then you can read through that. And if you've got an email list, you can send out those offers and see how they go for you. But you'll also go on to my, um, my regular daily emails and you can just see how the system works. It's, it's really simple. It's just one email per day uh, with a good offer. So um, you can see how it works. You can see how I do the, um, the emails. You'll see the kind of the framework that I use. It's pretty similar each day, pretty straightforward, but as they're entertaining, they're valuable and they work. And that's, that's, uh, that's great. Definitely. Please make sure you all reach out to Luke Charlton's business. Uh, definitely click on those links. We'll have them down in this, in the description as we do with each and every episode, whether you're watching on YouTube rumble or you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon music, Google podcasts, Stitcher, you know, all the million sites out there that we're on. Uh, just look down there right after the uh, the episode intro of what the episode's about. You'll have the link right there to Link's site, uh, to Luke's site. Sorry. Um, Luke, I do have one random question for you. Okay. Since you're a marketing guy, I had this brain of an idea last night. Uh, we have our own coffee brand, deadhousecoffee.com, which we use to help support the show because uh, we own it. And it. You know, each sale helps us. Uh, you know, buy the fancy equipment that we have, editing stuff, all that, all that cool stuff. We had to change suppliers because they just jacked up their rates. And I think that uh, it makes it unaffordable for most people because it's just the rate hike with the inflation, shipping costs, it's just way too much. And I'm looking for a new supplier. But in the meantime, since I have to revamp that site and the, the supply and the coffee, something else hit me. I'm Did watching you say a coffee. What was coffee? Yes, yes, coffee. coffee. Yeah, okay, cool. yeah okay, cool. Deadhouse Coffee. Oh, because, I'm reading it. I'm reading no, there you go. There you go. Because you know, like it's Deadhouse Coffee. Because when you wake up in the morning, you're a zombie. And our quote is, "Don't be a zombie. Get back to life." DeadhouseCoffee.com. Oh, so, I like that. 
what I was thinking was I was watching a show and these people, they kept drinking tea. Now, iced tea is cool. Iced tea, I yeah. think, in all of you as is good. But actually, hot tea. Long Island iced tea? Oh, like Long Island iced tea is good. Anything with alcohol is good. I'll drink it. Even if it's hot tea, I'll drink it if it, if it has vodka. But I came up with a secondary brand that we're going to launch once I reconfigure Dead House Coffee. What do you think yeah. of this name? Teaisdisgusting.com. That's going to be my second coffee brand. I think it'll do amazing. <laughs> Thank you for that Definitely. boost Definitely. of confidence. Thank yeah, you for that boost of confidence. Put a big budget behind that. I think you. I think you. You think that'll be good? I think that's a catchy name. I T is yeah, yeah, yeah. and I googled it. I'm like, wait, no one's bought this site. So I bought it and uh, do the trademark. Uh, hopefully, it'll be in before this ep uh, episode airs. But uh, we got teaisdiscussing.com, and it's going to be a coffee store. I, I, how can you get better than that, right? Oh, no, that's pretty good. That that's is, going yeah. for all the people like me that despise tea. My wife's a big tea drinker. I'm like, how can you drink this? Buys. She yeah. uh, like I'm sick in the stomach and she's like, well, here, drink this tea. And I'm like, no, I'm going to take Pepto-Bismol, you know? See, I, <laughs> so, yeah, teas. I'm not a big like like green teas and like teas without milk. I being from the UK, I enjoy like um, black tea with yeah, with yeah. milk in it. Right. Um, but I have that maybe like, you know, like one or two of those a year. Um, I'm drinking like bunch i drink so much coffee it's, it's crazy yeah right right I right no i same here that's why i started a coffee company because then right. i get to buy yeah, my coffee cool. at cost so it works <laughs> but really cool. uh hey anyways look i'm so grateful for you coming on again remember the link will be down there below in the description and uh yeah please reach out this man knows his stuff and will lead your business to the best way i mean as you heard you know, right now is the time to spend more, not less, on marketing. So thank you again, Luke, and uh, appreciate you joining us, uh, you know, the Aussie hermit himself. Thanks, David. Yeah, take care. Cheers, mate. Wow, that was an incredible chat with Luke, right? First, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked those warm and fuzzies, do me a favor, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. But like I said in the intro, if you really want to help us out because you know Shark Bite Biz is the greatest kept secret in the world of small business, please do us a favor, share us out to your friends, your colleagues, your family, whoever you think can get value from the message that Luke Charlton and Shark Bite Biz was out there sharing today. Share us anywhere you dwell on the interweb whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Minds, wherever it is, share it out there. I'd love to see nothing more than Luke Charlton and Sharkbite Biz trending out there in media. Now let's get back to the real rock star of this show, Mr. Luke Charlton. Who would have thought that email would be popular again? You know, it's like, let's make email great again. <laughs> Although, if you listen to the show, you know, and not just this episode, but many of our previous marketing guests, you'll know that many of our guests have come on and stressed the importance of email marketing and how people got kind of away from it by doing things like geolocation ads and different things like that that are successful. Yeah, but... When it comes down to it, sometimes the dullest tool in the shed actually is the most efficient, and that's being email. And, you know, that's why we're all here, right? Because we all want to sell more the easiest and cheapest way we possibly can. 
getting more leads at a more effective price, that's a win-win-win across the board. Plus, you're helping a consumer solve a problem, and that's an amazing feeling. I mean, that gives me the warm and fuzzy just thinking about it. So, you know, this is something very unique and valuable, I think, that Luke said. The, the Aussie hermit, as he goes by, is that, you know, he does have a unique pitch that separates him from all the other experts that have said this. And his pitch is, you know, well, not really pitch, I guess it's his twist, is sending one email a day will get you high paying clients, you know, and that to me is pretty incredible. And I think it's true because if you spend the time to just go out, research and do one really good targeted email, just one every single day, you're building a pipeline for success because eventually those highly targeted, highly customized emails, someone's going to respond eventually. And you have the benefit that you're able to set them up in a sequence with a MarTech automation, like, um, for example, we use HubSpot. So you can set up sequences to where you have your highly customized email. If they don't answer in three days, you know, you can bump it back to the top with another customized email and do us each, uh, you know, one sequence per customer, make a template of what the sequences look like, and then just edit the text so that way it's being sent and you don't have to remember to send yourself. There are ways to make it a little bit easier with some of those follow-up emails and the call for actions that you're looking for. And, you know, that way you're keeping it as personal as possible and you're staying away from the generic email blast of just spray and pray. So awesome stuff, Luke. Thank you for coming on, sharing about your mission of helping businesses grow. And please check out the LukeCharlton.com website. As always, a link will be down below in the description. Question of the day. What is your email secret to success? What works for you? Leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. Remember, if you want to be on the show, please shoot out an email to interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. If you're watching on YouTube, hey, $3 a month, you can become a baby shark, support the channel, hit the super thanks button. Even if you like this episode, that's the heart with the dollar sign. Dollar, five dollars, twenty dollars, whatever you donate definitely helps the channel, allows us to pay for the cost for the infrastructure to be able to do what we're doing. You all know this by now, but I'll say it once again. I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Bite Biz, and we'll see you all next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story. 